Hi, welcome back to The Clinical Spiritualist. My name is Morgan Thomas, she, her, and I'm a queer therapist and coach. I'm passionate about uplifting the LGBTQ plus community through client-centered care, and I'm also a spiritual practitioner who specializes in tarot. During the pandemic, I embarked on a spiritual journey that led me into questioning everything about myself and my life. I came out as bisexual, left religion, began reading tarot, and started my own business. I'm passionate about sharing honest stories in hopes of bringing healing, curiosity, and new insights into your world. As always, take what resonates and leave what doesn't. Let's get into today's episode. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Let's start with your name, your pronouns, a little bit about you and your business, whatever you'd like to share. Great. So my name is Sarah Carlson, pronouns she, her, and I am a psychic medium, an Akashic Records practitioner, and a Reiki master teacher. So I have been working in the Akashic Records since 20. 15, I've been giving professional readings, then came the Reiki trainings um, over the years. So I've been a Reiki master teacher since May of 2016 and have completely transformed by Reiki on all levels, mentally, Mm. physically, spiritually, (laughs) emotionally as well. And I also work as a psychic medium that came a little bit um, after I began the Reiki trainings and discovered throughout the process of giving these Akashic readings and studying Reiki that my psychic faculties really went through a huge expansion. And then the mediumship piece started showing up. So mediumship is a little bit different than working psychically. As a medium, I'm able to connect with those who have crossed over. So it's usually our loved ones in spirit, friends, family members, um, you know, really anybody in the spirit world can choose to come through for that. So that started opening up, I would say around 2017 and I've been developing it since then. Yeah. That's it about me. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. You have been, um, kind of in this space for, for a while now. I, I didn't realize, um, which is really, really neat. Do you have a, um, favorite modality or something like when someone books that session, you're like, yes, I love this. <laughs> I like to, so now I, I do enjoy sessions where I'm able to combine my modalities. So I wouldn't say that I have our particular favorite. Mm-hmm. I would say that mediumship actually gives me the most anxiety. <laughs> really? Um, yeah, because it's, um, you're really taking your side development to the next level a little bit with mediumship. Um, there's, you know, an ethical commitment. If, if you're working in integrity, you know, you don't want to get things wrong. There are people that are grieving. Um, so mm. it's really, I hold it in like very high regard, um, that it's, it's really important for me to show up energetically to that, but mm-hmm. I like to combine Um, in my sessions, I love to do, to conduct healing sessions where I'm working mediumistically as well. Or I also like to conduct a Reiki session where I'm able to open up the Akashic records at the beginning Mm. of the session with the permission of the client, and then just kind of leave the Akashic records open through the entirety of the session, just so it provides, um, 
kind of that clear open channel for intuitive information that drops in about the clients. It also helps with making those past life connections or um, even like interplanetary lives, uh, anywhere that your soul has been throughout space and time, it can, it can come up even during our healing session as well. So that's a really beautiful experience. Yeah. I would like to give you some context about, um, where I'm at with Reiki and the other side and kind of why I thought of you for this podcast and, and have all the questions that I do. So, um, Probably a year and a half ago, I was trained in Reiki one at first. Um, I didn't have the best experience with uh, the teacher. It wasn't anything horrible. I just was so confused (laughs) after I left still. Um, And so I, you know, tried to do healings on myself and, and other people um, like in my life, but I felt like I am not really grasping this. And then I was trained in Reiki one and two, um, again, like maybe six months later. So it's, it's been a year now. And, um, you know, I did a lot of free sessions and then I started, um, providing Reiki for, for people professionally. And I noticed very quickly with, with having this Reiki two under my belt, I, my intuition was just like very, very heightened. And I was just receiving things that I was surprised. I was very, very shocked. Um, like I would, you know, kind of gaslight myself. I'd write it down and then tell the client after like, oh my gosh, you know, blah, blah, But very specifically, I've received people's loved ones um, on the other side. It's probably happened less than 10 times. Um, but just people who have booked me from Google, I've never met. And, you know, I know you know all of this. I just really want to, to share. Um, and I would be, I would just get like a little, a little, you know, third eye vision um, insight. And I would, it was just like a quick little, like a quick little ping. And I would be like, do you have a partner who was in a wheelchair that passed on? And like, oh yes, that's my husband. And it's just been so shocking because we didn't talk about this in my, in my training. Um, yeah. So I, I really want us to talk about Reiki. Yes. The, the broad sense of, of Reiki and also very specifically connecting to the other side. So all that to say, um, for the listeners, I'd love to hear, uh, what is Reiki and how is it helpful for us? Yes, that's a wonderful question. And more to share on the origins of Reiki and also how it coincides specifically with side development, which mm. is as has also been lost in a lot of our westernized teachings. So I'll get into that in a minute. So Reiki, Reiki is sacred invisible energy, essentially. And it's um most simplified definition. So Ray means sacred. Um, It's the part of this energy that is closely tied in frequency to spiritual wisdom. So key is the subtle energy aspect of Reiki. So you put them together and it's um, spiritual wisdom that's guided by the subtle energy, right? Mm -hmm. So our traditional definition, um, our westernized definition is, I think it's a spiritually guided life force energy. And so there, there is a difference to be made here in that um, 
it's not just things that are sentient or contain consciousness. Any object can be infused with Reiki energy. So that's why I like to like make that distinction in the definition is that it's um it's sacred invisible energy. So it's not necessarily it doesn't have to be life force energy. It animates all things. So it's um energy that pervades all of existence throughout space and time. And Yusui, Mikhail Yusui is the original um, founder of Reiki, but it even predates Yusui. If you think of it as something that it's, it's a form of subtle energy that can be accessed by any of us at any time, whenever we achieve these certain states of consciousness to mm. be able to tap into the Reiki. So that's why we undergo um, trainings. Mm -hmm. Essentially, the whole purpose um, of a training is to learn from a teacher who has experience working with this energy and to go through the process of really clearing out the channel so that the Reiki can flow very effectively through the body. Mm. So that's what Reiki is. Um, Sacred invisible energy. And it it pervades everything, um, even throughout space and time. So it's non-local, meaning that it can travel um, across what we perceive as large distances. And then also it doesn't um, have to fall in line with linear time as well, because it is energy. So it really goes where it's intended to flow. It can be directed to a certain extent by our consciousness if we are holding very high vibrational frequencies. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. I never, I never heard that, that, um, kind of Reiki was around before Usui, but that it makes sense. I, but I've just never heard that from a, from a teacher. Yeah. So, um, yeah, if you just think about it, you know, logically, Yusui, if you really get into the the history of Reiki and Yusui, you know, the origin story, um, if Yusui's discovery of it, you, you can kind of see how it is something that is available to um, people that achieve certain states of enlightenment. So if you weren't to undergo a training with a practitioner, it is a bit more challenging um, because you're doing it all on your own. So you're really preparing the physical body to be a channel for this energy. Mm. And with the attunement process that you undergo as a student in Reiki, the practitioner aids in that process. So it kind of accelerates the process, right? So think about like group consciousness, we're all, whenever we all form like a specific intention to do something, if we do it in large masses, it holds more of an energetic power. So that's essentially the, the true purpose of the attunement, um, ceremony during a Reiki training Mm -hmm. is for the practitioner to kind of really work on clearing out the the channel, setting the intention that the student becomes a clear open channel. And it's Mm -hmm. really an initiation ceremony. So whatever we, um, give ourselves over in devotion to and in service to that's a commitment. That's a commitment that also the universe hears and that our team and spirit hears. So our spirit guides, our loved ones in spirit, anyone ah. associated with our, our spiritual growth and expansion, they're going to hear that you have made that declaration um, to receive this energy and to work with it. So it really is thinking of the attunement ceremony as, yes, we all have access to Reiki energy. That's, an, that's one of the myths we'll discuss in a little bit. 
um, the attunement in essence is really for the practitioner to be a part of this initiatory experience where the student claims Reiki and claims all aspects of Reiki, not just working with other clients, but the other foundational practices of Reiki that inform will inform the student's spiritual practice moving forward. Yeah, I think that we're already like going to the next question because I'm having a huge aha moment is that yes, the other side is coming through because you've, you've told, like you've demonstrated that you are ready for that level of spiritual connection. So to ask more directly, why does the other side show up in Reiki sessions? Oh yeah. So that's, it's such a, uh, so nuanced here because it's, Mm. it's really specific to, um, to you as a practitioner mm-hmm. and your abilities and your relationship to the spirit world. And it's also very specific to the individual that's laying on your table who has oh. come to you. <laughs> so who has come to you for the Reiki session? So the, the clients will obviously have their own team and spirit that shows up to the session. And what we don't realize that there's a lot that goes into booking a, an energy healing session um, from the client. So sometimes the spirit world will even help to orchestrate our clients booking a session with us so that they're able to come through during a session and receive that. Wow. So uh, yeah, just so many incredible stories of working with, um, a client on the table and also working within my personal practice, because we have the ability as practitioners to send Reiki to the spirit world and develop our own kind of relationship to the spirit world by sending Reiki back and forth. And I'll get into that separately in a minute. So why do they decide to come through? They decide to come through mostly, um, the majority of the time it's because the client has, ancestral, um, ancestral trauma, ancestral wounding, different things, um, that are tied to these familial relationships to those, um, family relations that have passed that need are still need that additional healing. So if someone passed, you know, prematurely and conflicts and these different issues weren't able to be resolved within the physical lifetime, they will often come through. Um, to receive that healing and do the ancestral clearing work, which is a really beautiful process. They will also come through just to aid and just to um, be a part of the process as well, just to provide that energetic support. So -hmm. if we do have someone in spirit who is now serving as one of our guides, which does happen, Mm -hmm. um, sometimes people that we know passed away in this lifetime and a part of our soul contract with them is that they provide guidance um, from the spirit world. So they will then take on the form of kind of a a guide or a teacher in spirit. So they will show up just to provide that additional support. Mm. So you really have during a Reiki session, it's funny because it's, it really is, um, seemingly right to the physical eye. It's just you, the practitioner and your client on the table but you have the practitioner's whole team in spirit. So that includes wow. spirit guides, spirit teachers, their loved ones. And then you also have the client and all of their people in spirit showing up um, 
for the purpose of healing to take place for the, the highest and greatest good. And I think it's, it's just such a, such a transformational experience. Yeah. And yeah. So psychic development, it, it's interesting how it um, is glossed over in traditional um, Reiki trainings because the Westernized model really has this way of following standards and procedures and protocols, right? And Reiki actually stems from Shintoism, which is, an, it's not any sort of form of religion, but it's more of a, a spiritual practice and a way of being that in enhances one's extrasensory perception. So it's a way of, it's really following the cycles of nature, um, being in that feminine energy of receiving receptivity, you're moving at a slower pace and you're bringing presence, present moment awareness to everything that you do. So it it is interesting um, from that space, that's where the psychic development really um, takes hold. And from a Westernized perspective, we really want to nail down more of that, that masculine side of, oh, what are the standards and procedures here? What do I need to do? Um, and Reiki is very much more an intuitive um, psychic exercise in nature when you're working with the energy. So there are these kind of these gaps in the teachings in the U.S. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a, makes a lot of sense, especially coming from like, um, an educational model and spending a lot of time in college. I, yeah, I found myself like, uh, this, are you sure? Like, are we sure that, uh, you know, I just do these simple steps before, but I think you spoke to something very beautiful is that like, you're not the one really doing anything. I mean, you are, but it's, you know, there's so much happening that necessarily we're not, even as Reiki practitioners, always keeping at the forefront, I will say for myself, but I would assume other people feel that way as well. Um, Yeah. And that's why I guess I feel so baffled sometimes. Like I cannot believe that just happened in a really cool way, but it's like, of course that happened, you know? Right. Of course. I would say, yeah, my first experience, one of my very first experiences hit fairly close to home. Um, before I, whenever I was initially giving practice sessions, I would give them to family members and friends. So I was conducting a Reiki session on my mom. And this is before the mediumship piece really dropped in fully to where I was actively developing my mediumship. I had had just a few experiences at this time. And so I had my mom on the table and was kind of conducting just a standard, you know, Reiki treatment with just the standard hand positions and just kind of making my way. But it was through that initial biases scan that I was running where I had the really strong presence of a male with me and he was showing me some different memories. Um, and this has all happening in my mind's eye to clarify. So these memories are, are similar to where you visualize, let's say like a sunflower, right? So that's called subjective clairvoyance where we're experiencing something more in our mind's eye versus in our objective reality. And it's a form of extrasensory perception. So anyway, I was just kind of going through this scan and I started receiving all these visuals of memories um, and they were connected to this man. 
So it turns out that I had her biological father whom I had never met. So he abandoned my mother before she was born, <laughs> which is a whole story in of itself. And he came through wanting her to know that he saw these specific memories, even though he was not even physically present for them. And he also wanted to be a part of the Reiki healing session. So I obviously asked for consent from my mom if she was willing to, you know, to kind of co-create this container with him in spirit. Um, if she was willing to have him kind of in the space. Otherwise, I would have sent him on his way. <laughs> and um, she agreed. And he was present throughout the remainder of the Reiki healing session. And I was wow. able to, he was able to receive she was able to receive and afterward um you know there there were some other things that came through that I had I had no awareness of within our familial line um so it does get tricky right uh it is an unregulated field we do have to be very respectful of trauma and if we're not trauma informed what levels of care here are we able to provide and when do we need to refer as Mm. well can't get into some some territory here whenever we're working um, with those in spirit and also whenever our psi abilities have really opened up um, being really intentional and in integrity with what information we do share that's huge yes yes I wow yeah I've I definitely received things uh, where I felt during a Reiki session where just after spending some more time sitting with it, you know, I could have said out loud as soon as I felt that or asked about it, but after sitting with it, they weren't alluding to anything of that specific nature, um, verbally after the session. Um, so I I just chose to keep it. And I, you speak to a, a lot of great points about being trauma informed and it's great in some senses, it's not unregulated or it's not regulated. Some small senses, um, right. a lot of scary senses where it could go south for, for not being regulated. So that's very great point. Um, quickly, if you feel comfortable, so you asked your mom for consent, I would assume that was a verbal exchange. How yes. did you connect or how did, how did you communicate consent? A lot of C's there, um, to the person coming through on the other side. Yeah, so the person coming through on the other side, he was pretty, whenever spirit shows up for these sessions, and if you're receiving them in spirit, it's usually because they want to get your attention. (laughs) They have, you know, um, they have kind of their own personal will to a certain extent, and we can get into like these nuances with the spirit world. So those who have recently passed still retain um, a good portion of their personalities while they were living and also like there is still a sense of the ego um, attached to those who we knew in spirit who have crossed over so they do sometimes still have their own like personal agenda so him coming through and really making himself known and telling me you know he was communicating to me that he wanted to be a part of this session um, it was mostly through the information that I received in the memories and some other, <coughs> excuse me, some other information of his time in the military. Some more messages came through of 
why he chose um, to leave whenever he did. Mm. It was a week before my mom was born. Why he chose to leave. And um, so he really provided that the information that he wanted um, to be a part of this healing session. So, cause I didn't have the idea really on my own until I realized that that was an option that could be available. Cause I had never, you know, this is one of my first experiences. Right, right. So it was only till I felt his need, you know, um, and his desire to, to even ask my mom if she would be open to exploring that as a possibility. Hmm. So often um, we don't even have to have the conscious awareness, right, um, to, for the spirit world to receive that healing and for our clients to receive the healing. So what's really beautiful about Reiki is that, yes, you can work as a medium and you can kind of, you can discern who it is in relationship to like your client on the table who's present, but you also don't have to have that ability at all for it to take place on these, on these higher levels. Wow. So spirit will still come in um, and work with your client and Reiki, the difference between Reiki and um, other forms of energy healing is the Ray part. So it, it's that sacred, it's the spiritual wisdom part. Um, and this kind of moves beyond our personal egos, our identities to self. It moves beyond our clients, um, personal ego and identity and it really connects directly with um, our spirit, the the higher self, right? It it, it um, is an extremely high vibrational frequency of healing, and it has its own intelligence that moves beyond our own personal will and um, manipulation. So we don't have to manipulate the energy in any way. We can just trust that um, those in spirit are showing up. Whoever needs to show up for the session is present in spirit and that um, they both, our client as well as those in the spirit world associated with them, receive the Reiki um, and it works for them as it's intended. And that's a big part of that that faith piece that comes in Mm. that we are very, very reluctant in the U.S. to trust because it lies beyond, this process lies beyond our five fiscal senses and it's really once you develop those levels of trust after kind of having those confirmations over and over again um from that process with your clients of going through the session and again you said like sharing that intuitive information and it being confirmed that that um your client is experiencing these things and you know it's really whenever you receive that confirmation and also throughout the process of how Reiki transforms you and your spiritual practice, you develop this, this level of trust with mm. it. And then that's kind of a shift. That's a huge shift to where your, your practice really opens up um, and you're able to develop kind of even further. So Reiki, you know, in its, its truest form, it's an ancient mystery teaching. So there's always these different levels that are able to be accessed and unlocked. So it it is kind of esoteric in origin and only, you know, only certain aspects of it are made known to us through Mm. that gnosis, through that exploration of the self and of what lies beyond the five physical senses. Mm. So the original master teaching 
was, you know, it means ancient mystery teaching before we titled it Reiki Master in the U.S. in the late 70s. Its original um, definition was mystery teaching, which I think kind of more coincides with the, the true essence of Reiki than necessarily yeah. ourselves as it, of masters of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it masters us. Mm. Yeah, I've I've read a a couple things, not in depth, but how the term Reiki master can be problematic because it it could kind of allude to a a hierarchy or like only certain people can attain it or something like that. Um, So I I really, yeah, that knowledge is very important to to know. And yeah, I didn't know that. I would love to know what myths you're passionate about debunking related to um, Reiki or anything in in the surrounding area. Yes. Oh, there are a few. (laughs) I think um, one of the main ones that I'm passionate about debunking is that one has to be attuned to Reiki to be able to work with Reiki. So, This is, again, something that was more um, adapted in the U.S. to make it seem like um, more of a commitment, which is good because there it is a sacred process um, and there is a level of devotion to it and you can deepen your experience with it. But Reiki you know, going back to that definition of Reiki, sacred invisible energy that pervades all of existence throughout space and time. So we have the ability, every single human being, to interact with Reiki without that initi- the initiation ceremony, the attunement ceremony. Um, it flows around us all the time. So we can really ha- um, harness any type of high frequency sort of healing energy as human beings, again, as we achieve these higher states of consciousness. Mm. So Yusui's story is a great example of this, is that many people don't know this, but Yusui was actually a part of a metaphysical group dedicated to developing psychic abilities before he even had um, his experience on Mount Karoma. So he was really interested in attaining a special state of consciousness, and it's called Anshin Ditsume, um, which is a form of enlightenment in Japanese culture. So it essentially aligns you to your highest purpose and the state of enlightenment. You're really, you're one with your higher self, this higher aspect of yourself that is um, aligned with a higher purpose that moves beyond, again, our personal will and more aligned with the divine will. So Yusui was interested in achieving this state of consciousness. And then he spent three years in his Zen monastery, his Zen Buddhist monastery, trying to achieve this state of enlightenment. And he was not successful during his time there. Or so he thought, right, from our, from our human standards of whatever that means. So his, his experience, he, he had not achieved that. So he set off to Mount Karama to um, essentially fast and meditate and and pray until he either died or he achieved this state of consciousness. So he spent 21 days fasting. And on the 21st day is where he received the Reiki energy through the crown of the head. 
and experienced this, this enlightenment. And he was running back down the mountain and tripped and fell. And that's whenever he realized he had this healing ability available to him. So if we look at this origin story and how Yusui, you know, he, he spent his time in those devotional states of service to something higher. You know, he spent three years. It can take more time for people to come to Reiki on their own without, again, that group consciousness or the, the introduction from the practitioner of the Reiki. But it's interesting that we think that uh, Reiki isn't available to us until we receive an attunement ceremony whenever the founder of Reiki's origin story tells us that that is not the case. Mm, yeah. <laughs> right? So it, it's also... Um, a great lesson in divine timing versus personal timing. And I like to kind of discuss this a lot is that our desires and our intentions do coincide with divine desires and a divine will that is also guiding our lives and our higher purpose. So he came to it at the time, the divine time that it was made accessible to him. Mm. And so, you know, the, the, really the U S mindset, we want to fast track everything. Right. So we're like, okay, let's pump out these weekend trainings and we're, we're going to make this available. And then it really is Reiki is a lifelong process of interacting with the energy and the attunement stems from Yusui. There was an earthquake in Japan and Yusui saw this mass devastation and he wanted to um, help people accelerate the process of helping people get out there and being able to utilize this energy quickly mm -hmm. and effectively. So that's how he developed the Rehu is the original name of the attunement. So it's called a Rehu. And it really was um, the origins of it is that you undergo like the Rehu from a practitioner many, many times, as many times as possible. So it's kind of like a cleansing process really is the, the essential definition of it is that someone that has been actively working with the energy for a long time can kind of accelerate that process of like, he likes to call it clearing out a clogged pipe, mm -hmm. right? So it just makes you, it kind of accelerates the process of you becoming a more effective channel if you don't have a lot of experience working with the energy already. Mm -hmm. So that was actually the original attunement. It's called a ratio. Wow. And so he recommended, you know, as many as you, as many as you can come across to it being, it's a continual process. Mm. And it's, it's again, that developmental process of working with the energy. So it wasn't just these, you, you received the attunement and you were good. You were receiving the ratio multiple times over the course of your journey working with Reiki. Mm. It wasn't until you posted it, like you have you have so much education and so much, um, not, I don't know. I don't have the words, but you are, you just have so much knowledge. I, will, I won't say education. You probably do have a lot of education. You have so much knowledge and the way, I don't know. There's just something about the way that you teach and speak, even on quick little, um, reels where it's not a lot of people have that skill or that, passion there's just something about the way that you teach it in regard to I guess spirituality and the spiritual 
um, world that is, is hard to find. And it's very refreshing to hear how much, you know, that's what I want to get to. Like, you know, so much. Um, and I think that's what we should all be aspiring to. Um, how can practitioners, I think I was saying something else before I said that, um, I didn't know that we had access to Reiki. Like, did I already say that? <laughs> it's in my head. No, no okay, I, didn't know we, I didn't know we all had access to Reiki until I saw like a reel or a post of yours. And I was like, I, why have I never heard this? And it's just, um, yeah. So I think that's like such an important message that I'm going to um, pass forward. Cause then it, it does like, then we kind of have, if we, if we tell people that, oh, you must be attuned, which I have heard, um, not that it's not great and, you know, offers benefit in ways and not, and, and whatnot. Um, but it's like this gatekeepy vibe, like only I who paid for it and signed up for it and have blocked off my calendar can have access to this. And I love that you're, you're sharing that. That's not, that's not the case. Yes, I so appreciate that reflection because this is, again, we do find it interesting, right? Um, Even with, let's say, the Akashic Records, they're accessible to anybody. Um, And, you know, obviously everybody has to make a living. I charge for my services. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) there is um, an interesting, it's just interesting trying to monetize these realms, you know, these non-physical realms. It gets it gets tricky. And again, uh, people's egos become involved and, you know, mine has as well in the past. So I'm, yes. not, you know, I'm, not, I'm not exempt from that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it, it's just, it, it is interesting. And I think it's just something, it's one of those myths that like, it's just regurgitated over and over and over and over mm-hmm. again. So people are just like, yeah, like this isn't available to me until someone provides it to me. But if we, if you just do a little bit of thinking <laughs> on it and yes. um, really research the true history and also um, Yusui's intentions behind mm-hmm. um, spreading this as well and making Reiki available to all, we really uh, realize that um, it is, it is something that we can, we can all tap into as well as all um, our innate psychic nature is also not something that's just available to the few or people with these certain gifts or abilities. Um, we are psychic in nature, all of us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we are constantly using forms of extrasensory perception. We just mm. may not be consciously aware of it or not. Mm. Yeah. What are your final tips, thoughts, um, anything else you want to say before we kind of close out today? Hmm. That's a great question. So I think tips, thoughts moving forward and anybody that wants to explore the metaphysical, the spiritual realms is to really practice discernment Mm. um, and that that inner knowingness within yourself at what feels, what feels good to you, what feels aligned to you. There's a lot of information um, in this day and age where, you know, and it spreads like wildfire. And sometimes 
things aren't really confirmed on a factual basis before they spread and just adopted as um, a new reality, um, especially within the realms of spirituality, because many of these things cannot be necessarily confirmed um, with, you know, this fact-based analysis or necessarily with science, although we are doing great work within the realms of like quantum physics Mm -hmm. and research on psi phenomena but it really is discernment's huge and if something's not feeling um aligned or feeling good for you that you don't have to adopt that so every every spiritual framework um everything really these different practices are really meant to lead us back to a truth or to a unity or to a oneness. And if you feel like that that's not the case or it's not serving you in that way, then you can always shift course, you know, nothing set in stone and your personal development, spiritual development, psychic development, your journey with Reiki, it's going to be yours and yours alone. And that's so unique Mm. and special. And so to really um, honor that and to really practice discernment, I would say, Mm. is a great, it's kind of a tip moving forward, especially within these realms of work. Yeah, that's a great tip. Thank you. I'd love to know how listeners can work with you and follow you. Yeah, so I am currently at www.sarahlintuitive.com is my website. I'm redesigning my website because I will be launching a community that I'm very excited about. It's going to be on a platform outside of social media. So it will be similar to Patreon, Mm -hmm. um, but it's actually hosted on Mighty Networks. Mm -hmm. I'll be launching an online community called Sci Academy that's dedicated Mm -hmm. to um, all of this that we discussed. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'll be teaching classes on psychic development my Reiki, um, anybody that was the student of my Reiki courses, like can be found there. So I am trying to build this online community. Um, and that can be accessed through my website, you can book services with me through my website as well. Um, I'll have my, my readings are all listed on there as well as any upcoming Reiki classes. So I do teach all levels of Reiki training through Reiki master teacher training, which is super exciting. I'll be, um, teaching Reiki master training in the fall of this year and my Instagram handle. I don't really do any other social media, even though I, I do have them and I, I try sometimes, Yeah, <laughs> but I would say my main form of social media is Instagram. So that's at Sarah Lintuitive. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being here and, and sharing your stories and your knowledge with us. I, I really appreciate it. Yes, of course. It was, it was a pleasure. Thank you. You're welcome.